Stay Frosty Parkrunners, and welcome to the 20th edition of the Stay Frosty Parkrun podcast. I'm your host, Emu, and I'm going to be here for the next 20 minutes or so to talk about men's running. I'll also be introducing this week's star parkrunner, my featured parkrunner of the week, and letting you know which parkruns have anniversaries coming up. And finally, of course, I'll let you know how we all got on with our own parkrun adventures this week. If you'd like to get in touch and let me know about your own parkrun experiences, which I'll be happy to give a shout-out for, then you can drop me an email to stayfrostyparkrun at gmail.com or leave me a message on the Stay Frosty Facebook page. Now, it's on with the show. This week I'd like to look at running for men, and I'm going to kick things off by looking at a few differences between men and women when it comes to running. When you look at the fastest runners in the world, men are generally faster than women. I've always known this, but I've never really given it much thought. When you start looking at the physical differences, though, you begin to realise why this is. First up, men's legs consist of about 80% muscle, whereas women's are only about 60%, and on average women tend to have smaller lungs than men, meaning that men can get more oxygen into their bodies with each breath, which is essential for running. Men's hearts are generally larger, again aiding the oxygen supply to getting into the muscles when it's needed. This article, which I'll reference on the Facebook page after the show, also states that men's legs are longer than women's, but here I'm going to pick a small bone and say, on average, men's legs are longer than women's, because this isn't always the case. certainly isn't the case with me and Jay. But for men, on the whole, this means that there is more room for muscle and a capability for a longer stride. In addition, men's narrow hips mean that the quads are positioned directly below Uh, the hips in a straight line, whereas the wider hips on a woman means that the quad muscles have to work around a corner as opposed to in a more efficient straight line. This, of course, is a generalised description of differences. Some women have narrower hips and longer legs, making them physically more well adapted for running. Interestingly, research indicates that due to hormone differences, men are better at developing muscle, whilst women are better at developing fat. This might sound like a negative for women until you consider the usefulness of having a little extra fat reserve when you're running extremely long distances and you need to use your fat reserves for energy. I'm thinking of ultramarathons here, for example. I also know this is a sensitive subject, but whilst I was doing this research for this podcast, I came across an open letter addressed to men from female runners. I understand that not every woman feels the same as this lady or has had as bad experiences as this lady has has had, uh, please see my Facebook page for the link if you'd like to read this letter. But I also know it's it's definitely a point worth raising. As a guy, if you're out running, and more often in the dark I would say here, and you see a female runner doing the same, you need to just be aware that um, you are a potential threat as far as she is concerned. You might be the nicest man in the world with a wife and kids, an elderly mother who you take care of. doesn't matter because she doesn't know that. It would therefore be nice, if you're running up behind her, if you could cough or announce yourself in some way so that she knows that you're there. She may not respond, but you have to. But at least you've let her know that you intend to overtake her. If she speeds up as you approach, it is possible that she's running away from you. It might be nice if you could ease off the gas for a minute and let her pull away to a distance where she feels safe. Similarly, if there's no one around and you see a female runner who needs help, maybe she's tripped and fallen over or something... You can ask if she's okay before approaching her and then ask if she needs any help. Nothing implies malevolent intent like running full speed up to a female runner on the ground without announcing yourself first. They're all sort of simple common sense things, but if you bear it in mind when you're out on your next night run, then they could make all the difference to someone. 
Also, as a final thought, it is never, ever a compliment to yell things at a woman, running or not, from your vehicle as you pass by. Doesn't make you look cool, doesn't make you look attractive, makes you look like a sleaze. At best, she'll be left a little perturbed, and at worst, she'll feel threatened and afraid to go out alone thereafter. I have to apologise here to the vast majority of men who I know are not like this and are considerate when they're out running or driving. But as always, unfortunately, it's the few that give the majority a bad name. Sorry to veer off onto rather a preachy note there, but I always strive to include things on my pod which I feel are really worth saying. But back to the topic at hand, and I'd like to look at if there is a best age to be running as a guy. Now I had a bit of a dig around here, and generally the statistics tended to be for both genders, but the peak age was surprisingly high, from your late 20s into your early 30s. And this is on average, of course, because there are record breakers in their early 20s, and there are record breakers who are in their late 30s. However, studies have shown that beyond the age of about 35, performance tends to decline by about 5-15% to per decade, depending on the individual. The article I've referenced here, see Facebook again, goes on to state that among the top 10 finishers in marathon distance running, time slowed by about 10.5% per decade of age for men. It's not all doom and gloom though. Although performance does decline with age, this can be slowed by remaining active and it also has very good cognitive benefits like improving your working memory, your focus and your task switching ability. When you search, there are also many people who run past the age of retirement and speak about the benefits of doing so. But the one that really caught my eye, and the current age-graded record holder for Park Run, was an older story about Fauja Singh, currently 107 years old, who started running when he was 89, and states how he used running as a way to distract himself from the mental suffering of losing his wife and son. He's retired from doing marathons now, but he still really enjoys running. Like I said, this was an older article, but I just found it a really inspiring read, so I'm also going to include it with the references on my Facebook page. And I feel like this might be a good point now to introduce someone with a slightly more useful perspective on men's running than myself, my husband, Jay. Welcome back, Jay. Thank you for agreeing to come along and share your thoughts. That's no problem. Hello, everyone. First up, congratulations on your recent parkrun times. You've been getting quicker and quicker in the last few months, and I have to ask, what is your secret? Um, well, it's um, extra training runs and uh, consistently uh, doing park runs every weekend. Um, I did the New Year's Day double um, and still managed to get a practice run after that, and I've been doing practice runs every Tuesday in between all my other runs. So, yeah, um, it's just consistency and keep doing it basically i've noticed in all but arctic conditions you prefer to wear your running shorts as opposed to tracksuit bottoms i was just wondering if there's any reason for that uh well the first reason really is i don't feel the cold um uh, secondly because uh tracksuit uh, bottoms are full length um and generally they're elasticated i feel sort of uh, restricted when running in those um I could go for a baggy pair, but again, I feel baggy um, tracksuit bottoms will slow me down. So um, unless it's really, really Baltic, um, I'm afraid shorts it is for me. I don't have a problem with that, I'll tell you that. All right. Would you describe yourself as a competitive park runner or is there something else which motivates you? 
I am definitely a competitive park runner. Um, I, I know they say that uh, you're only competing against yourself, um, but I, I can't resist looking at the stats after each run, spotting the people that were just in front of you the week before and trying to get in front of them the week after. Well, like you say, I know you're very keen on reviewing all the statistics that you record whilst you're running, but if you had to pick just two different measurements which you find the most useful, which ones would you choose, do you think, and why? Um, the two that um, I probably look at the most are my uh, 1K splits um, and my heart rate. Uh, the 1K splits, obviously, um, it allows me to sort of monitor um, or keep a consistent time um, for each uh, kilometre that I do. Um, I'm terrible for going out too quickly um, and I usually hit the 4k mark and you'll find that I'll be walking little bits of it. Um, so I've tried to sort of manage my pace by checking my 1k splits so I can run the whole thing. Um, this is quite easy to do on flat courses but on the slightly hillier ones um, it can be tricky but I'm getting there. And with regard to the uh, heart rate, um, I, I, I'm fully aware that um, you've, every age group has got a, a specific heart rate uh, or a, a, an ideal heart rate. Um, I think it's 220 beats per minute, less your age. Um, for me, that uh, gives me um, a, a top heart rate of 174. Um, I, I try not to go over that, but um, will confess to doing that occasionally. Um, whilst you should always listen to your body, it's handy to have this thing on your wrist that tells you you're going over 174 beats per minute. Um, and, uh, you know, you can sort of control your pace a little bit then. Um, and again, this helps with the uh, 1K splits. Yeah, I can see how those two measurements would be really useful. You've been park running for nearly a year now. What are the most significant changes you've noticed in yourself since starting last February? Well, the first change is obviously I'm a lot fitter than I was. Um, I I don't get um, the, the achy calves as much. Um, and that in turn has enabled me to fit in um, my midweek practice run as well which I started uh, just doing two laps of my local cemetery and now I've built up to three laps that's generally on a Tuesday that I do that um, just because it gives me three days recovery from my park run and then four days recovery from my practice run also um, I don't get so out of breath when I'm uh, walking upstairs or uh, walking to work um, which I do quite regularly, despite it being a, a nine-kilometre walk. Um, I, I've got faster when, when I do that. Um, I remember I used to do that in about one hour and 45 minutes. Um, I now can do it in about an hour and 25 minutes, and that's just walking. So, um, yeah, my general health has improved. Yeah, a 20-minute reduction in your walking time is pretty impressive. Can I ask you, what is your favourite parkrun memory so far? That has to be my first sub-30 at uh, Dulwich. Um, we went over there um, knowing that it was a lot flatter and I'd been previously getting about 31, 32 
knew that I could, you know, get my sub 30, which was my target for last year. And I set myself a target of obviously trying to get under that 30 mark. And uh, when the results came through on our way back from Dulwich, I believe I did it in 29.42. Um, there was a little extra celebration and um, an extra sausage on my post-run fry-up as well. No surprises there. <laughs> I also have to mention the uh, park run that we did at South Norwood celebrating their one-year anniversary. Um, we didn't actually run that one. Um, myself and you um, obviously both volunteered, um, but came dressed uh, in bright orange and green tutus and also had uh, medals uh, we, that we made for every finisher and every volunteer that day um, I remember it was a very hot day um, and everyone I think we, you know, really enjoyed that day so yeah, yeah. No, I really enjoyed that day as well especially my lime green tutu very fetching looking ahead now you've let me rope you into doing a few 10 kilometer runs in 2019 how are you feeling about those at the moment? Nervous or excited? I'm feeling quite confident, actually. Um, I, I know I can run 10k now, having done the New Year's Day double um, at Greenwich and Bexley. Um, admittedly, there was an hour walk in between, but um, I did actually run both 5k's without any walkie bits. So I'm confident that I can do 10k. Um, it's whether I can do it in under an hour which is uh, the target I've sort of set myself oh you have have you now <laughs> well, last I heard it wasn't under an hour folks this is news to me as well now he's chasing my heels all right and finally how do you plan to celebrate when you get to your 50th park run um, a, an extra sausage on my post run fry up probably <laughs> um, but no uh, where, where would you like to do it as well Oh, well, that's an obvious one. That's going to be at uh, South Norwood, um, which is where I did my first park run. Um, and uh, everyone there has made us feel so welcome. So, yeah, that's that's a gimme. Cool. I'm looking forward to it. Thank you very much for letting me grill you once again. I'd just like to reiterate my thanks there to Jay for agreeing to come on and be interviewed. I know he does get a little bit shy about these things, so it was really nice to be able to interview him on this pod. And now, moving on, it brings me great pleasure to reintroduce to you my sister, Nikki. This week, not only did she run her fastest time ever in 23 minutes and 13 seconds, but she was also the first female finisher at Barking Park Run. It's not her first time being my star park runner, and at this rate, it certainly won't be her last. Well done, Nikki. If you know someone who has done their first ever park run, got a new PB or any other achievement you think deserves a mention in my Star Park Runner segment, simply drop me an email to stayfrostyparkrun at gmail.com or leave a message for me on the Stay Frosty Facebook page. I'd love to hear your nominations and your park run stories. My featured park run this week takes us to Greenwich Park Run in London, which was the setting for the first of our New Year's Day double. Greenwich Park Run is in Avery Hill Park and you can get there by catching a train to Falconwood or New Eltham train station and then walk about 15 minutes to the park. Or you can catch buses B15, 132, 162 or 286 
As always, driving is discouraged, but should you wish to drive, the address is Avery Hill Park, Bexley Road, SE9. The course is on a mix of tarmac paths and grass, and you complete three laps for the full five kilometres. As I've mentioned before, this is a fairly hilly park run. You start off the lap uphill before having a long gentle downhill and then back up again just before the end of the lap. The final little bit is thankfully downhill as well, as you run into the finishing funnel. There are two unisex toilets at this park run, but if I'm honest, the queues were so long before and after the run that Jay and I actually didn't bother using them. Also, judging by the reaction of some of the park runners exiting one of the toilets, I'm guessing that they aren't necessarily the nicest toilets either. There are usually between 20 and 30 volunteers, with a bit of variation in runner numbers recently, up as high as 396 at the end of October, which was actually a new record for this park run, but also as low as 115 at the beginning of December. To date, there have been 473 park runs, which makes the start date for this one the 6th of March 2010. We both enjoyed running this event, even with the undulations, and due to the proximity to Bexley Park Run, we were able to fairly easily walk from here to Bexley to do the New Year's Day double. And that noise means it's time to celebrate some upcoming parkrun anniversaries. Please also note that if your local parkrun is celebrating something, I'll be happy to give it a shout out in this segment. All you need to do is drop me a message and let me know. So first up this week with their first anniversary is Bresse Parkrun, which started on the 18th of January in 2018. It's the second anniversary for Riverfront Parkrun, which started on the 21st of January in 2017 a third anniversary for March Park Run, which, ironically, started on the 23rd of January 2016. Widnes Park Run is celebrating their fourth anniversary after starting on the 17th of January in 2015. And in Cornwall, it's Lanhydrock's fifth anniversary, having started on the 18th of January in 2014. There's a double sixth anniversary for both Chelmsford and Carlisle Park Run, who started up on the 19th of January in 2013. An impressive 7th anniversary for Harrogate Park Run, who started on the 21st of January in 2012. And finally, a very happy 8th anniversary for Barnsley Park Run, which started on the 22nd of January in 2011. Many happy returns to all the park runs celebrating their anniversaries. And now, of course, I'm going to have a look at our park runs for this week. So my sister, as I've already mentioned, is my star park runner. She ran at Barking this week and finished in a new PB time of 23 minutes and 13 seconds. Once again, well done, Nikki. That is an absolutely amazing time. Jay and I decided to peel off and get our letter H and C, respectively. So Jay was out the door this morning almost before I'd rolled out of bed, and he travelled all the way up to Hackney Park Run. As the second flattest park run in the country, Jay was looking forward to running Hackney, which showed very much in his completion time of 27 minutes and 21 seconds. An overall PB for him, and he is certainly hot on my heels now. I went to Clapham Common Park Run today to get a nice double C for my park run alphabet, along with what felt like the entire population of Wandsworth. 
there were 1,019 parkrunners at Clapham Common today, so they very sensibly had self-seeding at the start. Unfortunately, what I didn't realise was that people seemed to place themselves in a quicker bracket than they thought they could run. Consequently, the start got very choked up for quite a long stretch as people jostled to find a position where they were running at their natural pace. Add into the mix a, a bit of a bottleneck before you come out into the park proper and uh, it was quite hard to try and get, get, it, get into a good position, shall I say, on this particular park run. The large numbers also made it very difficult for the volunteers to keep up the order, to keep the order of everyone at the end when finishing funnel kept getting choked up. So I was actually issued with finishing token number 651, but ended up on the results table in position 648. However, I did have a chat with the lady who actually finished directly in front of me, so I know that they've got the order correct, so I'm not too concerned about emailing them to correct it, especially considering there are probably 1,019 other people who are thinking the same thing as I am. I ran round today in a time of 29 minutes and 19 seconds, which I'm satisfied with, but I feel like I could have gone quicker. So much so that I still felt full of energy after I'd finished and decided that I would jog part of the way home. Sensible decision, I'm sure. So I grabbed a dirty McDonald's breakfast. I know that's not a sensible decision, I just couldn't help myself. Then I walked for 30 minutes to let the food go down before I jogged 3.6 kilometres and then I decided to jump on the train because I was running a bit late to meet Jay and Croydon and do our usual weekly shop. And that's it for all of our park runs this week. And next week, in a slight alteration to my intended schedule, I'm actually going to be attempting an unbiased overview of a slightly controversial topic, which is barefoot running. This is largely due to a lovely Christmas present which was bought for me, a book titled Born to Run by Christopher McDougall, which I recommend you read if you haven't done so already, but I get the impression that a lot of people have already done so. But I'm going to give you more on that next week. So for now, it's time for me to wish you all a very pleasant week. I hope you've had great park runs this week. Thank you very much for listening. Stay frosty, park runners, and I'll see you all next week. Yeah.